Hey y'all, I'm your host Damage, and welcome to another episode of Rewatch, a podcast where I bend your favorite shows every week. We are over the hump now that we finished season four and wow, wow, wow. This season was crazy. Like the death count alone was insane. There quite literally was a death in eight out of the 10 episodes. I feel like if this series was a roller coaster, seasons one through three were going up the hill and season four was going down because it seemed like everything that could go wrong absolutely did. So let's get into this madness. And duh, there will be spoilers. All right, season four premiered on February 24th, 2021. Season one opens with Franklin, who is still on a cane, putting on a suit, and he reads over a letter that was sent to him by Mel. Yes, the same Mel that shot him through three times and put him on that cane. He's headed over to his Aunt Louie's nightclub. It is days away from its grand opening. He checks out the new spot and Louie brings him to the office to show him the book and, you know, his piles of money. She then shows him a map of gang territories. But because of the constant violence, people are getting antsy. And because of that, they're barely keeping up with the vibe. So he can forget about trying to grow the business right now. She also points out that since more product is making its way across the borders, that means more competition. But the only reason that they still have power and control is because they're getting the product for dirt cheap from Teddy and any change in price or purity could ruin everything for the family. Jerome walks in and Louis lets him know that she's bringing him up to speed on the business. Franklin then thanks his aunt and uncle for keeping the business going while he was in the hospital and down for the count. Jerome then points out that it was chaos while he was absent and going to a gang member's funeral is a crazy idea. Franklin insists if they want to sit this one out because they don't feel comfortable, they can. But then they all leave anyway. Franklin has an errand to run before the funeral, though. He's got to make a pickup with Teddy and Oso, since they're working together now. They wait for him to arrive, and Franklin shows up with his new bodyguard, Lerp, who's a mercenary. Oh, and his weird name comes from him being a part of the long-range recon patrol in Vietnam, hence Lerp. And apparently that stuck. At the funeral, Scully, the leader of the Bloods, stares at a carving of Jesus hanging on the cross, you know, usually where he is. This is going to be important for later. Franklin introduces himself to Scully and is curious about how difficult it was to place Jesus on the cross. Franklin pivots and then states that he came to pay his respects. He then brings up the situation between him and Manboy because they've been the root cause of all of this violence. He wants to help squash everything before more people get killed. Scully tells Franklin that Manboy is the problem and he needs to learn how to shut his mouth. Franklin notes how Scully wants to hit back but wants to offer a way to make this right. Scully blows him off and turns to his wife Khadijah who's also Manboy's sister by the way who's with their daughter Tiana asking if she heard what he just said about Manboy being family so they should kiss and make up. Scully then makes up his mind that he will kill every crip incompetent as well as anybody who stands between him and Manboy, alluding to Franklin and the family. At a cookhouse, Manboy notices how everyone from the family is dressed like they came from a funeral. Franklin tells him that they were at one in Inglewood. Outside, Manboy tells everybody that if the bloods come for him again, they're gonna have to kill every one of them and he suggests to the family that they hang on to their dress clothes because there's gonna be a lot more funerals to come so this show decided to add another antagonist into the mix because apparently you can't have too many so at this newspaper a lady named irene attempts to persuade her source to go on the record stating that whatever is happening will affect other people and it will brand his conscience. irene ultimately loses this source she slams the phone down and her coworker wilson approaches checking on her 
and he's brought her a file on a familiar character. And that character would be Miss Melody Wright. She complimented Wilson on the fine, then sends him away as she reads through the file. In Tijuana, Gustavo and Teddy are picking up some coke like usual. Just as Teddy starts the truck, the police turn on the sirens and pull up behind the truck. When the cops ask what they're doing, Oso says they're picking up avocados to ship to the States. The cops seem suspicious and then order the guy to open up the back. Teddy then approaches the cops confused and reminds him of their deal with Chief Kala. They then break it to Teddy that Kala is no longer the chief in Tijuana. So Teddy then requests to meet with the boss of Kala and then tries to bribe them. The police ignore the bribe attempt and once again demand them to open up the back of the truck. Teddy opens it up and the cops check the crates looking at the avocados. When they look a bit harder, and by harder I mean when they kick one of the crates off the truck, out pops two keys of coke leading Teddy and Oso to be arrested. In the jail, the guys get summoned to the office of the new police chief, Oscar Fuentes. They introduce themselves and Teddy clarifies the deals that they had with the previous chief. But Fuentes makes it clear that whatever deal they had with Kahlo was not a fair one. Teddy then suggests making a new deal. While Fuentes thinks over what he wants for the new deal, he sends them back to their truck with the product still inside and intact. And his men escort them to wherever they please. Back at the tunnel house, yes, literally a house with a tunnel dug to Mexico, Teddy is with Hernan and his wife as they bag up the kilos. Hernan is Oso's old friend who's got cancer. He's in the previous seasons a bit. Go watch him. Gustavo suggests that they pay the chief and Hernan reminds him that turning away his request is something they cannot afford. All right, so remember that little war going on between the Bloods and the Crips? Well, one of Manboy's Crips gets set up and killed, but not only killed, crucified. Hmm, I wonder who could have come up with that. He's literally found in a baseball field, nailed to a fence, and discovered by a mother and her children. I think there's probably some symbolism in that, but we're not going to go too deep in it. In a meeting at Louis' club, the family has to pick a side. Otherwise, they'll be caught in the crossfire. Jerome then thinks if they're choosing a side, it should be Manboy. Because Scully cannot be trusted because he's, you know, insane. Remember, he just crucified somebody. Louis then counters that Manboy might be the obvious choice and that Scully is a loose cannon, but at least he can stay in his lane. And then she mentions how Manboy has always been testing them, trying to take territory and seek better deals. She makes it clear that Manboy is smart and ambitious compared to the other gang leader. She warns them that after Scully is finished, Manboy will come after them. In the next scene, Franklin goes to Scully's bearing a gift. The gift in question is a sniper rifle. Scully's impressed as Franklin states that it's accurate from a half mile away. Scully then asks, what does he want? You know, bringing him a gun and everything. And Franklin tells him that he wants the beef between him and Manboy to be stopped and he would like to help him finish it. Later on, Franklin arrives at the barbershop to meet with Manboy and offers his condolences for, you know, his crucified friend. Franklin then tells Manboy that Scully needs to die and offers to help him out. Manboy refuses his help and Franklin then points out that Scully has an army waiting for him at the bottoms and makes it known to Manboy that he will need assistance. Manboy then asks Franklin how he plans to do that and then points out that Scully buys from him and trusts him and with him out of the picture, Inglewood will fall and be bled dry and basically left up to Manboy's devices. Manboy then wonders how he would know if Franklin wasn't trying to screw him over. Franklin then tells him he doesn't know. If you haven't figured it out by now, Franklin's a triple quadruple agent right now. But anyway, Louie is hosting a New Year's Eve party at her club and she 
takes Teddy and Oso to Franklin. Teddy compliments Louie for the nightclub while Franklin decides to bury the hatchet with whatever beef he had with Gustavo. You know, the whole stealing the cracker recipe thing from season two. Franklin is having a good time and then he looks around the dance floor and discovers his old flame, Tanase. Now Jerome sees her and gives Franklin a hard time about her because she's the one who took his V card. A whole bunch of other stuff happens like Leon pulling a gun on Oso, again because of the whole stealing a crack recipe thing that led to his best friend's death. Lots of yelling, anger, yada yada yada. Oso and Teddy end up leaving and Franklin tells Leon to basically uh, get over it. Now the next morning, the reporter chick Irene shows up in Odessa, Texas. Now you're probably wondering who possibly is there and that would be former crackhead, now church girl Melody Wright. Irene then asks for Mel's help so she can tell her story by getting folks to pay attention. Melody, being all reformed now, tells Irene that it's not her place to try to stop what the Lord intends. Irene then tells her that the Lord didn't expose Watercake, Woodward, and Bernstein did. And Mel responds that he guided them just like he will or won't with her. Then Irene suggests that maybe the Lord sent her to Texas for Melody to tell her what really happened and that the truth would set her free. For an opener, this was really good. Like, it low-key felt like its own little movie. We are already seeing how things are falling apart for Franklin. He's got gang wars interfering with his money and Leon not wanting to work for him for real anymore. The Mexican police trying to shake down Teddy. Like, there's so much going on and it builds so, so, so much for the whole season. Literally, the next episode opens up with a shootout pretty much. During Franklin's plan to basically get Scully and Manboy to kill each other, Scully's tweaking and starts shooting at lights and this causes one of the young bucks to literally jump the gun and shoot before everyone was in positions and it was a freaking bloodbath but neither man boy nor scully got killed so it was kind of just a waste of a shootout and franklin was forced to pick man boy's team because now scully knows they set him up like i feel like this was franklin's first big mistake that was on him like usually everything else is him responding but this one literally is his plan failing and he spends most of the episode panicked and I think he's in over his head. He's a drug dealer, not a gang leader and he's not built for unchecked violence and that was never his goal. His goal has always been to make money. For what? Still don't know. Like we literally see him being afraid of Scully because he doesn't know whether he's dead or alive for most of the episode. This is also the episode where it seems like his parents finally realize who he is. That he's not just a drug dealer who's poisoned the community on top of that he's someone who orchestrates murder clearly is not good at that last part but he still tried oh also in this episode teddy and oso meet again with the mexican police and he asks for a payment of a hundred thousand dollars a week to look the other way for their smuggling obviously this number is astronomical and almost as much as a ticket on a tiny little submersible to see the titanic teddy counters with fifty thousand, and they leave thinking that he's satisfied later oso goes over to ernan's house as he always does because they're buds and he finds him and his wife stabbed to death with a knife in ernan's chest with the number one hundred thousand written on the floor in their blood and i think it's pretty safe to say that they weren't satisfied with the 50 episode three was kind of crazy but here's some of my notes from it Oso is taken by teddy he tells him that he's cia wanda is complaining about the crack being cut too much and we're getting more of wanda's story she loses a tooth it seems now that the rock is weak she's kind of like sobering up and getting some more clarity franklin's mom gets arrested uh kidnapped the cop takes her to a cemetery at andre's grave Franklin's business is starting to 
to mess with his family. Oso kills one of the guys who killed Hernan to send a message. Franklin and Teddy storm the Mexican cop's house and kill all of them. When Oso killed the guy to send a message, he literally caught him out at a party and stabbed him and threw him off a roof and proceeded to carve the number 100,000 into the forehead of this man in front of a whole party of people. This flushed out all of the chief's bad guys to his little compound that he has hidden away and in the cover of night, Teddy and Oso like that thing. Uh, Teddy went in there with a sniper rifle and started hitting them one by one and blasting them with Uzis. And then Oso strangled the chief with his bare hands, which personally, he definitely deserved that as his revenge. He killed his best friend and left his children as orphans. Hashtag Team Oso. Episode four was in and out like some parts were boring and some parts were really good and just kind of insane. Here's my notes for that too. Wanda tries to sell her tooth that fell out. Leon gives her money. I like that he like still loves her and stuff, even though like she's a crack head right now you know but his love kind of never wavers leon gets shot at by scully and wanda gets caught in the crossfire like literally like shot in between them it seems like franklin has found his motivation finally building income for his community but not for himself for his mother leon paid the hospital to keep wanda extra long so she could get sober scully's people stop next to leon's and both cars shoot he kills a kid now that last part set up the whole season after this so how this whole car side by side shooting happened is that both cars were pulling up to a stop sign and a guy with an ice cream cart crosses the street so they stop and look over and they both just started spraying bow 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 bullets everywhere but then it seems like leon was faster but it seems that leon was faster and a bit more deadly when he thinks that everybody's down he gets out of the car to check and he sees movement in the back seat and he starts to shoot again. When he goes back there to shoot in the window to see who's alive, turns out that he's killed a five-year-old girl and her mother screams as she holds her child's lifeless body riddled with bullets. Now this mother and child aren't just some random pair. He just killed Scully's daughter in front of his wife. And obviously this is not good because she definitely saw his face. Loki episode five was kind of boring and I literally only wrote four things down and I don't know if that's because I wasn't paying attention or if I was paying attention too much. But here's the notes I wrote down. Leon killed Skelly's kid. I'm not interested in the investigated parts. Franklin's mom braids Leon's hair. Franklin is not giving up on Leon. Basically, this whole episode is spent looking for Leon and hiding Leon. And watching this episode before seeing the others, I just want to say there's some type of significance between the women doing the men's hair. It seems that it's the only time that the men are okay with being vulnerable because as soon as Leon sits down between Franklin's mom's knees and she starts to make her parts, he cries. This happens at least two or three more times with different characters. I feel like it has something to do with it being a safe space, you know, in a woman's arms, in a almost a motherly fashion. It's it's kind of beautiful, but sad in a way that that's the only way these men can feel safe. In a lot of these episodes, I feel like they don't get good into those final scenes. And episode six was no exception. But it did have a good opening montage. But here are my notes anyway. Teddy's brother died of a heart attack. His his dad literally called him on the phone and was like, your brother's dead. Don't ever speak to me again. Wanda is in the hospital and she gets sober. The cops rough up Franklin. They get fat back to take the rap for little Tiana's death. Louie introduces her friend to the drug game. Wanda calls Leon clean for help. Teddy shows up drunk to Franklin's. 
Fatback gets kidnapped and tortured by the kid's mom. Killed. I love the Wanda sober montage. We saw her going through it, and then we saw her become calm and make it through. Louis and Jerome introduce our friends to the crack business, and it's kind of messed up because Jerome does not like what she's doing. She's setting these people up for a life that will bring them nothing but ruthlessness to them. He feels like it's morally wrong to ruin them this way. And then Fatback's death, it was kind of sad, but also, like, dumb. So basically, Khadijah, Scully's baby mama, is obviously tore up about her baby being gone. So she takes money from Scully and bails out Fatback from jail after he confessed. The bail was $1 million, by the way. She lures him out with a pretty girl who claims that Franklin and Leon sent her to give him a good time. Which, like, have they ever done that before? She then proceeds to take him to an alley where Khadijah pops out and covers his face with a cloth and it seems like she chloroformed him. But he's a big dude, so he takes a little bit of a struggle to go down. And then this crazy woman ties him up and proceeds to torture him to find out Leon's location. And my torture, I mean, she slices and stabs him over and over again to get him to talk. And when he constantly says, I don't know, she stabs him to death. And like, y'all, I have a strong stomach but I had a hard time watching this scene. And these weren't even like close-up stabs that we saw. It just seemed to shake me the wrong way. Just seeing this woman slash this guy to death who's tied up and like the sound... Ooh, like whoever their Foley artist was, was doing a good job, but I just couldn't take it. I think I had to like mute it for a second because I was getting a little too grossed out. But she sliced him to death and then dropped him off at Louis' club. Episode seven was low-key lame. Not a lot popped off. So here's my notes. Teddy's doing coke. A man overdoses at Franklin's dad's shelter. Leon has to take back the projects. Teddy is trying to find his money. Alton is talking to the reporter lady. He's struggling with his sobriety. Teddy hunts the man who stole his money. Franklin's mom tells him about his dad's interview. He pistol whips Alton and kicks him out of the house. Teddy waterboards the banker who stole his money. Symbolism of women doing hair and men crying. This time it's Franklin. Yeah, like I said, not a lot went down here with the main story, except for Teddy. He's kind of off his rocker since the death of his brother really shook him and he's just not doing well. Episode eight is when Franklin personally starts to feel the walls caving in on him. And here's my notes for that. Reed gets knocked out in the jungle. An article comes out and it quotes Alton. Franklin thinks that he can get out of it. Franklin's girlfriend is a double agent with man boy. Franklin meets with the reporter, Irene. Fatback's funeral gets shot up. Louis gets shot. Franklin learns how not to trust anyone. Jerome wants to get man boys guys. Franklin shows up at his girl's apartment to overhear her on the phone with man boy. Franklin's girl arranges a setup. So after this article drops, obviously it's the 80s, so people are still reading the newspaper and it's not very hard to figure out who the story is about. Yes, it's exposing the CIA, but it's 100% exposing Franklin. And his father is the one who's quoted by them. He says that he did it for Franklin's own good. But like, bro, read the room. Now is not the time to get on your moral high horse and try to expose your son because you want to save his soul. Now is not the time for that, bro. Like, I don't understand why he thought this was a good idea because it very much wasn't. He exposed the entire family to investigation as well as their enemies in the middle of a war. Like, yes, your son's soul needs saving, but I don't think it's going to be by his former homeless alcoholic father who's been in and out of his life and now just stable for a year like I don't know who's gonna open his eyes but I don't think it's him 
but that's just my personal opinion. Also, Franklin's girl being a double agent and working for Man Boy was wild. I personally didn't see it coming, but that's because, you know, I'm a hopeless romantic and I just hope that everybody gets their true love. Blah, 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 blah. I should have known because this ain't no love story. This is thug life. This is a thug story. Episode nine was definitely heavy because we had a few reoccurring characters die. And here's my notes on that. Teddy and Oso drug the reporter. She goes on the radio anyway. How do pagers work? Franklin sets up a reverse setup. Franklin kills Manboy himself. Khadijah has become a great antagonist, low-key. Teddy gets kicked off his mission. Franklin hires Black Diamond and Dallas. They're strippers. Teddy talks to the reporter. Jerome kills Khadijah. Teddy kills the reporter. The death count of this season is mind-blowing like the reverse setup on man boy was wild i did not see it coming but it was really exciting to watch that's for sure like franklin had his girl call up man boy and tell him to meet him somewhere i think it was like under a bridge or something and man boy's not a moron so he showed up at her house instead because you know he had a feeling and franklin and leon and literally everybody else are there waiting for him they shoot his friends and franklin stands over him and shoots him a bunch of times and then as he's trying to get his last words in you know not any good ones or sentimental whatever just the insulting gun he shoots him in the neck and says you've always talked too much like the cojones on this guy all of a sudden i want to say this is the second person he's directly killed and he did it with no hesitation once again and then the setup on khadijah it's was crazy like it was brief but because this girl was doing too much she had to go like I thought she was gonna make it to season five but clearly I was wrong but Franklin called up her stripper friends Black Diamond and Dallas who are basically bounty hunters I guess and was like I'll give you more money if you turn on her and they was like all right and they called her and said they had Leon and they let the family do what they had to do and Jerome pops her mid-sentence for shooting Lou Leon didn't take this well because he feels like everything that she's done has been his fault because he killed her kid and she went on a rampage and then at the end of this episode teddy gets drunk with the reporter and tells her the truth about his involvement and everything about how the agency has let him go because of optics it turns out that during this little meeting he roofied her and let her drive inebriated so she'd crash her car not only that he walks up to the scene of the accident and smothers her with his bare hands and takes the recording that she made like so many heavy hitters died this episode there's three right there they must have had to like cut the budget for next season or something personally this would have sufficed as a season finale in my opinion like it was just that good but we got one more fish to fry and here's my episode 10 notes and they're kind of long sorry sorry not sorry actually franklin's dad is probably gonna die this episode franklin shuts down the shelter scully tried to kill franklin and his dad alton knocks out franklin he goes to teddy there's a standoff between alton and teddy scully goes to louis hospital alton agrees to flee the country with sissy franklin's mom lou gets out of the hospital jerome wants to break away from the family next season finna be crazy franklin barely has anyone now leon wants to leave too franklin doesn't want to let his family go teddy goes to cuba to kill alton Mel is clean and volunteering in a church. 
in Texas. All of a sudden, the reporters, all of the reporter stuff happened because of Mel. She wants Franklin to admit that he killed her dad. He walks away. No cane. Like, Loki, I feel like this episode was completely unnecessary, but I guess we had to deal with the Alton problem. He made his bed, but it seems like he wasn't prepared to lie in it. And I don't know why he thought he could literally go up against the CIA and his drug dealer Kingpin's son and win. I don't even know if there is a win to have here. But after all that, Teddy's still caught up with him, and I think he's gonna die. We don't see him in this season, but I got a feeling that he ain't gonna be in season five. And good, because he was getting on my nerves. Like, we're past the point of trying to be good people. He should have just ran his little shelter and been quiet. The drug money feeds families. Yes, families that were affected by the crack that your son put out there, but not all of them were affected by that. Uh, what's that mean? You should have just been quiet and ate food. That's how I felt about out in this whole season. And the whole Franklin finding Melody stuff was an interesting storyline. I feel like they ended it right there because she's going to come back in season five, maybe because he definitely threatened her, but still didn't give her the satisfaction of admitting that he murdered her dad. Deep down, she knows it's true, but she wasn't sober at the time. So she, you know, can't be 100% sure. And he'll never admit it because he knows it drives her crazy. And when he walked out of the room and put the cane down, like I blinked and I didn't see it at first. So I had to set it back. But I thought he put some crack rock down. Like, I feel like some crack would have been just as satisfying as the cane because both of them are good like him putting his cane down to signify that he's no longer weak and he can walk on out of there easy breezy and she knows that it's dangerous for her now i think if he would have left like a little rock it would have been like him teasing her because either way her downfall might be coming and that's all i have for you this week on uh, next week we're on our second to last season with season five of this series and we're gonna have to spin a wheel in a couple weeks so make sure you get in your submissions so i can add them to the wheel um send them to all the pages comment rewatch podcasts on facebook instagram and twitter so just hit us up and i'll see you next week back to binging